You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. Your weekly look at movies, video games, and more brought to you by your hosts, Ace Scully and Sid Talk. We're addicted to movies. Are you? Good afternoon, Sid Talk. Hello. Good afternoon. How are you doing? Good, you? I'm really hyper. Like a, <laughs> Where'd that come from? Like I drank loads of coffee or something. You you didn't. I drank some tea and orange juice. Does that do that to you? I don't know. Uh, not to me. Well, I'm, I'm hyper. Pretty, I'm pretty low key. And maybe the movie did it to me. Made me hyper. Because <laughs> it is a pretty hyper movie. It is. <laughs> it's <laughs> high strung. Tell us your, what's the before the after the show. Where did you go this week? This wasn't before the after the show discussion. But, it is now. Uh, yesterday I drove to a little town that's near to where I'm from and stayed in a hotel that's themed in trains or train theme because it's near the railroad and it's a big railroad, used to be a real big railroad hub and met up with my two sisters, my mother, and my nephew. And it was fantastic. We just stayed one night, but we had a good time. We saw trains. We drove a golf cart. We had good food. We played Boggle and Yahtzee. You know, all the stuff. And my sister had a jacuzzi in her room. I did not get in it. It's a little too public to have everyone sitting around the room and then you're sitting in the jacuzzi tub. A little weird. (laughs) All right. So happy Easter to everybody who celebrates Easter. Oh, yeah. That's what that was for. I mean, I'm not an Easter person, but it was... Well worth the visit. I ate some chocolate eggs just a few minutes ago. Nice. They were very eastery. <laughs> it's Saturday, April the 16th. This is after the show 732. We look at a movie every week. We're a movie review podcast. This week's movie is Moonfall. It's a 2022 movie. Releases on Blu-ray on April the 26th. So we're taking a bit of an early look at it. It's a PG-13 from our friends at Lionsgate who sent us a copy for review. Sid Talk, give us the synopsis of the movie Moonfall. Well, the moon (laughs) is falling toward the earth. I mean, falling? I don't know if that's the right word. There's a lot of astrophysicist uh, discussion here of gravity and whatnot. All right, I'll give you the one off the box. And also, it's all the other Roland Emmerich movies rolled into one, plus a few other disaster movies. So there, there you go. A mysterious force knocks the moon from its orbit around Earth and sends it hurtling on a collision course with life as we know it. (laughs) They're both right. You're right. That one's right. (laughs) We're all right. Let's speak about before we go on to Moonfall. Are you a fan of Roland Emmerich movies? In fact, name some of Roland Emmerich's movies. 2012. Mm Mm-hmm. And... Should I name them? Independence Day? Correct. Day After Tomorrow? Correct. Mm, I think I ran out. Uh, Matthew Broderick, Godzilla. Oh, okay. Right on. Stargate. No, to be fair, we had no giant lizard in this one. No. Nope. So. Stargate. Oh, Stargate. Okay. 10,000 BC. Oh, okay. You remember that one? Yeah. That but, one wasn't great. No, but when you think back at it, it is, it's right in his wheelhouse. It's spectacular. Yeah. But kind of... Wacky. Wacky. He also did, uh, and I wasn't aware that he did this one. Oh, he did Midway, which we reviewed. Oh, right. The flying one. The Battle of Midway. Not the flying one. 
Well, he also the, did was flying one. the movie Universal Soldier back in the 90s. Remember that one? I never watched it. I've heard of it. Well, that was a good one, actually. That's Roland Emmerich's body of work. Let's just clarify. When we say good today, <laughs> good yeah. is not necessarily high quality, nor is it to be compared to any sort of high-level storytelling slash cinema achievements. Good means just it's good. It's like kind of like it's good like I like it good. But yeah. the quality we're not attesting to, I don't think. Are you? Um, there's a certain level of quality to them. Uh, but there's also a certain level of... St- where does that fit on the scale of actual quality? There's also a certain level of stupidity to all of Correct. them. Correct. But that's the formula, and we recognized the formula as soon as we started watching <laughs> yeah. Moonfall. And for some reason, I was all in. But we were like, okay, this is basically like all these other films. It's The only thing that's different is the threat. That's yeah, the formula is plug in this thing, plug in that thing, plug in the guy who tells you all the stuff, plug in the scientist who nobody believes, plug in the disaster itself, et cetera, family, et cetera. There's always family problems. Oh, gosh, problems. yes. There's relationship issues. There are divorces and broken marriages. Did he do? Because it seems like it. Seems like it. The one with the big creatures with the rock. That seems like a role. No, he did not do okay. that. But, but that, you, you catch what I'm throwing. That one was called Rampage. Right. Yeah, but like that, yeah. Even I think that we fits. even commented that it felt like that. So Moonfall is, his last one that he did like this was 2012, that one. And it wasn't in 2012, it was called Called 2012. 2012, and it was a disaster movie. And this actually feels very much like that one to me. Here's the deal. When I first watched 2012, I was like, oh, God. And then I watched it again once, like on cable TV, and I'm like, oh. Yeah. I like it now. And then I watched it again at a later time. And I thought the same thing I thought today. Like, why am I such a snob? Like, it's just, it's crazy to imagine. Because what we're talking about here is like destruction of the earth or destruction of our ability to survive on the earth, right? Complete destruction of our cities, our food structure, our satellites, you know, all the technology, all that shit. That's kind of what he's into. Like big disaster movies. Like, did he do any of those volcano ones from the 90s? No, what I've told you he did is oh. what he did. <laughs> That's it? Yes. <laughs> I feel like he's got like a really long list. I'm, he's I'm, not got a secret list of movies. Maybe he's inspired by all of these. Um, but that's what we're talking about here. Somebody who envisions a time, not always far in the future, that, well, 10,000 BC was far in the past, but where something so cataclysmic happens that humans have to like struggle to save the world. And he's pretty good at that kind of movie. It's a popcorn movie. Like, it's very... Again, remember, good yeah. is subjective. It's crowd-pleasing. It's silly. You can't think too much. You just got to take the ride, you know. The same as Independence Day, which... Before we had seen Independence Day, there had been disaster movies, but nothing on that level, right? He, he like, took the CG up, like... To I wouldn't say that. I mean, I don't know. I'd have to think about all the different ones. I think it was just the vibe and the presentation was just different there have been disaster movies since there has were made independence day when you even when i saw the trailer for the first time i was like holy shit look at that i've never seen anything quite like it it looks amazing i think it still holds up too right independence day i've seen some clips on tv i don't know i think the cg i have to challenge you maybe the white house blowing up looks like a model but a lot of the alien ships and stuff look really good i think you might need to either blur your eyes more 
or <laughs> so you just be stay convinced or uh, clear your eyes up and realize it's not that great. Anyway, we need to get on to Moonfall itself. What yeah. did you think of it? I don't, I told you everything. I enjoyed it. I was along for the ride. I like the disaster. I like the idea. I like to see someone else's concept of would look like if a gigantic tidal wave came to wash through a gigantic city like New York, you know? Didn't they call it a gravity wave? That Not that one. The first one was just normal tidal wave. The tide coming in and oh, kind yeah. of wiping out. Maybe they were in Miami or Los Angeles. I don't know. But then there was a gravity wave, which I think someone might have made up. I'm not sure. Sounds fictional. What's happening is the moon is coming closer to the Earth and the orbit is getting smaller. So the time it takes for the moon to get around the Earth apparently ends up being about five minutes, which is <laughs> yeah. also one of those things you have to just blank out. But as it's getting closer, the gravity, it's pulling things off of the Earth and the Earth is pulling things off of the moon. So all of a sudden, you have a tidal wave that's actually being pulled up into the sky. That's yeah. A, that's a gravity wave, just, just to clarify for all you scientists out there. It's mental. It's mental. Yeah. <laughs> You're watching it and you're like, could that possibly happen? I need to see like a documentary that an analyzes this movie. Did you do Truth versus Hollywood? <laughs> there wasn't. They didn't cover it. Oh, this isn't Apparently true. it's not based on a true story. <laughs> so they didn't cover it. I liked it quite a lot. I liked it definitely better than 2012 because I dislike that movie. Yeah, but have you tried it again? I'm telling you. I've not tried it again. Dip your toe in one more time and see what you think. I mean, that one was very dopey. And I'm not not... saying this one's... Okay, so what you need to do is watch it again, because it is exactly the same amount of dopey as this one. Like, exactly, precisely, I'm telling you, his formula is what it is. Yeah, it is. It's the same. There is no real difference. Maybe the CGI is a little bit better, but no, it's all the same formula of the story if you're sitting there going oh 2012 so dumb compared to moonfall then no. I'm ju- i would question your judgment i think they're both dopey but <laughs> yeah you know that this one didn't I don't on the know. sliding scale of dopey do you think that one's a little bit more but yeah i don't the, know there's a particular scene in 2012 and it's the escaping the earthquake in a stretch stretch limousine mm-hmm. but it's so about, stupid think about this one yeah okay. this one the escape in a I could give you probably 20 Are they in occasions. a Tesla? I don't know. They give you about 20 occasions when this movie's like, what? <laughs> so More than 20. Let's drop the whole limousine comparison. Because let's um, say spoilers at this point. I just oh, wanna... I thought you didn't like to do spoilers anymore. Spoilers in this one. So I just want to mention this because I see we see the trailer for this movie. Did you see the trailer? Uh, Yes. So I knew the moon was for some reason, going to fall on us. That's the whole... The trailer sells you on that. You mean the title didn't tell you? And then in this one, there's actually something else that's not just the moon falling on us. That was all left field to me. I had no idea, right? You mean the reason? The reason it's going to fall on us. Correct. Which you're actually let into right from the very beginning, really. But they kind of left that out of the trailer. So I was expecting just a Roland Emmerich movie where some circumstances mean the moon's going to fall. You mean some circumstances you can get direct, wrap your head around. Natural. <laughs> but not this. Yes. I love that it went to completely bonkers. It's I mean, bonkers. I love that. I loved it. I loved it. So spoilers, this is bonkers. Basically, you know, you have those things in your house that um, you can speak to and they'll turn your lights on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically those, they're the body, right? No, no, that's, he's not correct. 
Are you actually spoiling things or are you just bullshitting? I'm making a joke. I know, but are you going to spoil it? Because I'll spoil it for him if you want. But We've already said spoilers, so go ahead. Okay, so the thing is, the moon, the dark side of the moon, remember that? Where the two minutes of block out whenever they went to Apollo 11, something, they figured something out. They could tell that the moon is actually a superstructure. It is built. It is mechanical. It is not a natural thing or organic. This many years on, something else has happened. Something's bored a hole into the moon. And now it's like killing the white dwarf star that's at the center of the moon. See, go along with us on this. This is actually in the movie. Something is using all that energy up and making the moon then mechanically it can't keep itself up. Its little gyroscope is off and all that shit. So that's why it's falling to Earth. And now we have to go up and figure out who are these aliens who built this superstructure. Little do we know that in a galaxy far, far away in the universe, it was just people. This is a lot. And there's just people. People were so much more advanced, humans somewhere else. And uh, their AI in the little things that we talk to and everything. This is not a new story. In fact, I listen to old timey radio shows that have robots becoming sentient and then of course taking over humanity it's not a new story that's like the 30s and 40s and i'm sure way before that even so the ai in this far far away galaxy became a billions of swarms of nano bots nanobots ish kind of little pieces of particle metal that are floating now around in the universe looking for all human life to extinguish because they don't want to be enslaved. See, it's it's crazy. A little crazy. It's very crazy. But if you just let it happen, maybe drink some wine or do whatever you do. Have an edible. And then just like let it ha- let it flow over you. And it's it's I think it's a cool idea. I mean, it's fiction. It was unexpected because I wasn't. The levels of crazy. Though. Oh, I was totally expecting it not to be that. I was like, what is going? Is this somebody's? Weird fantasy happening? I don't know. I mean, it's insane. And this movie, uh, it jumps from zero to a hundred very quickly too. Very. You're like, hey, this thing's happening. And then there's a bit of setup with families and stuff, which you always expect in these movies. Then all of a sudden we're taking off into space to go and try and fix it. Yeah. And one guy's been kind of scanned, like with the little thing that you do at the checkout line. And now he understands everything and how to do everything. And now... He's the one that's going to save humanity and then educate everybody about why the moon is actually a superstructure and blah, blah, blah. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's so bonkers. The way it's done, it comes across as bonkers as well to me. It's like silly, like I'm bonkers. Except that everyone's playing it very straight. They are, apart from there's some jokes and stuff, obviously. Yeah, but there's no like wink or nod that this is insanity. It's like- They're just serious. Like, the world is going to end if we don't save it, and that's it. Which I I admire. I admire that. But then I thought of this while I was watching it. If Christopher Nolan made this exact movie, but (laughs) in his style, like Interstellar, he would also be able to tell this story and it not... Oh, this is bonkers. Let me just Just clarify, before you start acting like you're talking for the both of us, I thought Interstellar was not that great. And I thought it was like, ugh. No, I'm just talking about in that Right, but I'm saying, I'm I'm watching that story... And I'm thinking, okay, what do we, why does everyone love this? Why is this so, it's not interesting, really. It's not that compelling. It's this story I prefer over Interstellar. So no offense to the guys who made it, but whatever. 
Well, I personally, I'm not in that camp. I know. <laughs> I do prefer the Interstellar, even though I don't like the end of Interstellar, the time yeah. warpy thing. Spoiler. Oh, I mean, it's been, movies. It's only been out ten years, <laughs> probably only ten. Yeah. So Moonfall, full of special effects, obviously. They're actually quite good for the most part. Sometimes they're extremely silly. Yeah, it's a like, bit dodgy. Like a car jumping over a thing, like a video game. A car jumps off a ramp, lands on a floating piece of rock in the air, and then jumps off that and lands perfectly, and it's fine. That was just one of those, screw it, we're doing <laughs> it moves, right? Like, we're just doing it. Yeah, I think that was the most... That was the limousine outrunning the earthquake. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. just fine. It's fine. I accept it. You can see as you're watching the movie, the pieces falling into place. You can like, oh, well, that's the thing that he likes doing. He loves the big wide shot of the tidal wave coming yep. over the city. He loves that. Loves you're gonna it. Get, you'll get that. He's done it in one of the other movies, Day After Tomorrow, where the Statue of Liberty ended up somewhere completely different, remember? On top of a mountain or something. He also did that in this movie with the Chrysler building. He likes... Um, over-the-top special effects. He likes... kind also of likes sacrificing the hero. Sacrificing people. He also likes like not to have like a full-on hero. Like the hero guy in this is very flawed. Like The thing is, in this one, they're trying to make our main character guy, Patrick Wilson, Brian Harper, is his character name. At some point, when he went to the moon in 2011 or whenever it was, right? Or whenever they showed it in yeah. the beginning of the movie. He saw this thing, and then when he came back and he was part of NASA, he tells everybody they think he's crazy, they fire him, he knows it's true, and then his marriage falls apart and his son grows up and becomes kind of a criminal guy. But he's portrayed and kind of puts himself like he's just been so terrible. And I'm like, all you've done is told the truth, you and then you lost saved your house. a woman from dying. Yeah, he saved the woman, his friend died, all this happened yeah. in the first one, but... Making him seem like sort of an anti-hero but it didn't really just, work for me. All he did was tell the truth. It and didn't so, work for me. There was like one moment where he was being kind of talked to by like a higher up and they were kind of disrespecting him as though like, not this guy again. Yeah, and the next thing is he's lost everything. And I, in my mind, I'm like, this guy's a goddamn hero. He saved <laughs> one, he saved your, you know, Halle Berry's character, saved her. Two, he saved your spaceship that came back to Earth. But here's the deal. They all knew the truth. That's why they were covering it up. Because he wouldn't play ball. You see, we knew near the end why that happened. But I'm just saying, they didn't make him like a terrible guy. He wasn't cheating on anybody. He wasn't having, you know, addiction issues. He wasn't, no. he had not really, he wasn't flawed. Like the what you think of the standard anti-hero. He just, he got kind of pushed out of his life. And mm. now he's the only guy that knows enough to... Save everybody. That right. That's also a Roland Emmerich or science fiction thing in general. You know, his vice, <laughs> like like, he, like you might be an alcoholic or a drug addict, his vice was he works on his car in the garage. Right. And you know what I thought was going to happen? When she said that <laughs> one of the engines of the space shuttle had a fuel leak, I was like, oh, my God. He's going to roll up under there with his little rag in his pocket I and thought fix so it. also. <laughs> Like, oh my God, he was just working on a car in his garage and now he's going to fix the space shuttle. Yeah, he's like fixing he's up a Mustang. <laughs> yeah, but he didn't. That didn't happen. No. But that would have been awesome. <laughs> what was the point in that then? Just like something to... Well, they had to get rid of the one engine and then they had to be in peril and then she had to let all... Okay, here's the deal. When they're ready to take the space shuttle to the moon, 
which is falling. It's him and her. They're both astronauts. But it's an old space shuttle that they got out of a museum in Los Angeles or wherever they were. Yep. Encino, I think she said, or whatever. And the dude who's the conspiracy theorist who is actually not a scientist or a astronaut of any kind. He's just a schlub kind of a guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? They are taking the space shuttle into space without an engine. So she lets all the other crew go and NASA's gone. It's just the three of them flying the space shuttle, like taking off in the middle of a gravity wave, by the way. Yeah, completely fine. Casey Houseman. The true hero. Yeah, he's overweight, let's say. He, uh, there's no way he's, he's not had any training, actually. No training whatsoever. Zero. Zero. They just shove him in the space shuttle with them, send him up. What I would have appreciated more, to be just a little more bonkers, was if it, when we first meet him, because he's such like a nerd about all this stuff that he had somehow, because he's hacking into somebody's account so he can get at the telescope. Yeah, the big telescope. He's hacked into that. So he's like super nerd guy. He's intelligent. What I wanted was for him to have at some point say, well, I've read all the schematics for the space shuttle. I know everything about this machine. You know, I've been in love with this machine since I was a kid and have him know how to fly it. That would have been just icing on the cake. But And it wouldn't have been like, you wouldn't have gone, oh, I'm rolled your eyes. (laughs) No, not at that point. I wouldn't. (laughs) I would have been like, yep, that makes total sense. He's that guy. All right. So going on to the cast here, Halle Berry plays Jocinda Fowler. What did you think of Halle? What did I tell you before? The you movie said uh, you said when we were about to watch the movie. Well, I'm not really into Halle Berry, so I'll see how she goes. And I really liked her. Well, I mean, in a movie where these main people who are quality people, I'm not saying she's low quality. I've just never been a big Halle Berry. I've never understood the obsession with her kind of thing. But well. I really like how her and the Patrick Wilson guy just play it completely as if they're doing. Not Shakespeare, we won't go to that level. But, but like, I mean, an, like an award-winning movie. Yes, like they are just in it. They're like, this is who I am in this movie, and this is what's happening, and I'm accepting every line that I'm saying, and then making me accept that these people would say, it's outrageous, don't get me wrong, I'm not giving it all credibility. But in the moment, their character that they're playing, both of them, I was, I was on board, and she gives you, I mean, she gives you everything. You know, when she's doing her roles. And so I, I'm like, okay, I'll watch her in something else again. Yeah, I, I liked her in it. Not that she needs my approval. I do like Patrick Wilson quite a bit from the Conjuring movies. I think he's really good in those. I and love those movies. He's essentially the same most times. Yeah. But in this, he really give it his all. Like towards the end when it gets mental. It gets he gets really. <laughs> yeah, he really goes for it. Because he... Like you say, he's like the guy who gets scanned by the aliens. And he's just a singular focused thing. He's yes. just got to do the mission and that's it. And he knows everything now. He knows how to fly the machine that they just kind of sort of... Crashed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we make it sound like we're the crazy ones for liking it. Then we've got John Bradley as Casey Houseman. Now, what I think John Bradley did really well here is the character they've set him up into, which is very common in these kind of movies, is usually the most irritating piece of shit that I can... It usually ruins the movie. How would you describe that character? It's the fish-out-of-water person who gets involved, but then they're also either a nerd or a hacker or just... And kind of hapless and awkward and no one believes them and they are just outside of the little circle of trust that would normally be 
reserved yeah. for these people. Like we're saying, he's and we've seen like the God, the latest Godzilla movies. Uh, one that oh I, my gosh, it had that a really was, horrible oh. this character, and it was like, oh god, I just want to kill myself whenever he's on the screen. <laughs> but this so guy, John Bradley, I really liked him, and he did have some wise cracks and stuff, but they kept it just enough so it wasn't like annoying. I he mean, did- it was sometimes because I felt bad for him being that guy, but I got over it. That guy in all of these type of movies, there's always that guy, and it's always a guy. It's never really a girl. No, you're right. That guy, I feel that John Bradley plays that guy the best out of any of those guys I've ever seen. Because in Game of Thrones, that's kind of who he was. Kind of who he was, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's the guy. He's honest. from Game of Thrones. We didn't mention that, but I, I can't remember his name in Game of Thrones. Oh, we should. Is it Josh or? Yeah, he was cool in Game of Thrones. I did like him in that too. Now, here's a guy. We're going on to the next guy, Charlie Plummer. Okay. We saw. He's from. He's the son of Patrick Wilson in this. He felt like he was checked out the entire time to me. Yeah, like he wasn't. Here's his deal. We introduced to him as a child, and then ten years later, after the whole thing has happened and the divorce, and they lost the house, and then the mom is married to a new guy, and blah blah blah. He's a criminal. He's stealing a car. He's been put in jail. And he's supposed to be 18. Yeah, no way. I don't know how old that guy is. I really don't. And no offense to Mr. Plummer. He's probably 25, right? But holy crap, he's not 18. And if he is, okay, whatever. But yeah, he's just overdoing the broody. I mean, if if everyone else is taking it seriously, he's taking it to that like one step beyond. It's real like, (laughs) like I have checked out of everything. Like, uh, he's real like... Hey. Well, I feel like it's fitting for that character if it was in just a little bit different type of movie. Like he's got a bad attitude, his parents If it was a divorced. serious drama, maybe. Yes. I don't know. Every time he talked, I was like, God. He's like, 22 years old. Just oh, really? for reference. Well, I wasn't into Charlie Plummer. He was the worst thing in the movie. Oh, I didn't me. mind Charlie Plummer. It was just the way they kind of didn't spend his character very well or invest him very well. Then we've got When When You who plays Michelle, and she's like a pop star in uh, China. And there's this subplot with her that's pointless, In I think. It is. She's saving... She's basically the nanny for Halle Berry's son, <laughs> yeah. and she has to save the son and hooks up... Not hooks up with, but then becomes like the little group with the guy we were just talking about. The son of the guy, the son of the gal, and the nanny are having to survive together. It's, it's like, while the stuff's going on in space, you have to keep going to this subplot of these lot down here. Yeah, because everyone cares about their children, and they're right. that they are the ones that represent humanity. Whereas in like Armageddon, one of your faves, um, in the beginning, what we see are these things falling to Earth and like destroying the greatest monuments and like the cities, and then all the people in the different nations. We kind of zoom in on them for about five seconds, right? So you're supposed to feel the scope of it. Same thing with Independence Day. You kind of get a glimpse into every like culture, place on the planet, real quick. This is just, it does nothing really for the whole of the planet to make you feel connected to everybody. It's just these three little groups of characters and their relationships. But nothing against Wen Wen Yu, but she doesn't get anything to do at all. She's good though. I mean, I'd be interested to see her in a like a full-blown I would, but in this, she essentially is like holding the kid's hand and running away from danger with the kid. Correct. And then she saves the guy. Yeah. And Michael Penner plays Tom Lopez. I do like Michael Penner, and he's in here. 
And again, it's like a, it's the the new husband. Um, he was fine. He could have been changed out for He's him. not in it very much. And the way they did his character was very super weird. I didn't even understand why that had to... I think was, they did his character... Bad writing. I, I think... Bad writing. What am I saying? There's a lot of product placement in this movie. <laughs> and that guy who he plays is a Lexus dealer. Did you notice? Yeah. Because every time you saw him at work, there was a big Lexus logo behind him. Not like a big video wall, in fact. With Lexus written on also, it. Also, that other thing that you kept pointing out. The Kapaski antivirus. Yeah. That was on like four different times. Yeah, there's really a bunch huge. of... Yeah, you can tell like there's a bunch of... You know, we paid for this movie this way, so... Well, because we didn't mention, this is uh, supposedly... I mean, it's a statistic I don't give a crap about, but a very expensive, quote-unquote, independent movie that was just funded by Roland Emmerich and then whoever he... Investors, private yeah, investors. Yeah, instead of going to a studio to get the money to give him to make it. And it's not a cheap movie. It actually no. looks like a big blockbuster movie. I don't feel like it feels like a cheap movie. It feels as... There are times when the set and some of the background people are a bit ropey. I like how they make fun of, like, the... Did you get these spacesuits from a thrift store or something? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> they're kind of shitty looking. You know, it's on a level of 2012 and... Independence Day even just might not have as many. Independence Day was very star-studded, right? But no, so this is too, right? I mean, not. I mean, yeah. I mean, it depends on you. Who you think is a star? I think these people in this are, are stars. <laughs> well, that's your. That's how you see it. So there you go. We've mentioned Roland Emmerich, the director. We mentioned all the movies he'd done. What do you think of this? It's not. It doesn't change anything. It's just no. It's got his stamp all it's over. It's another it. Roland Emmerich movie. Correct. Which is fine. You either like it or you don't. I, I can't imagine that people are middle of the road. It's either like, oh my God, that's the dumbest. And every flaw that you can possibly think of, people will spend time of their life ripping it apart. And then there are the people like us who are just like, hey, whatever. Yeah, you, know? you really have to switch your kind of brain part off. But I still have a lot of fun with these type of movies. People call them guilty pleasures. I don't, nah. I'm not guilty about watching it. You know? I don't even understand that phrase. It's very trendy and gross. I don't feel don't, guilty while I'm, just, I'm watching I don't it. tell you what to do very often, but don't use that phrase. Uh, I didn't use it. I said it's not a guilty pleasure. <laughs> yeah, but you're using it. You're, you're saying it exists, and I just think let's pretend that doesn't exist because it's just gross. Well, it does. You can't just wish it away. It exists. la 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 All right, so IMDb reviews. Let's get onto those. What are they? They're reviews on IMDb, which is a website. And then you like to pick the one-star reviews. And I'm guessing... Oh, there are tons. <laughs> exactly. First guy. This can explain the story of movie. Don't waste your time, guy. There is something relevant. Right on. Okay. I'm into that one. That's the first one. <laughs> Second one says, this movie's terrible to watch. I know it's sci-fi, but it doesn't mean the film or the actors shouldn't be grounded in reality. Suspension of disbelief can only take the audience so far... I mean, it depends on what your, how big your suspension of belief bubble is. And number three says the writers are clearly affected by drugs. Just completely all over the place. Constant look of what the fuck on our faces throughout the entire movie. Made no sense. A jumble of ideas spewed onto the page. The money invested in this utter abomination should have been given to charity or the writers should have just spent it on more drugs. And this film should have never been made. I want my two hours and ten minutes back. 
There it is. Oh, that's the classic. I, I wait for that one every time. I want my two hours back. That's my favorite. Well, this guy wants all of it. The oh, he's minutes. also saying it's never been made, which is an interesting decision that you got to make for. Yeah. A, yeah. So there are a bunch of extras on the Blu-ray, but we watched the streaming version, so we didn't have any extras to watch. That's okay. I'm going to give this movie, Moonfall, a 7 out of 10. No, 6 out of 10. Okay. I, was I have to go say, down a little bit. Seven's a bit. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking like what other movies that I've given a 7 to, and I don't do halves. So 6 out of 10. I'm going 6 as well. It's better than average, and I would watch it again if it was just on TV or it was like popped up somewhere or, you know, I'd watch it yeah. again. All right. So thank you to Lionsgate for letting us review that movie. Next week, we're looking at the new A24 movie, and it's called X. What do you think that A24 thinks of our reviews? I don't know if they... Uh, no, not A24. Sorry. Whoever gave you this movie. Lionsgate. Lionsgate's not A24. It'd be way weirder if it was A24. <laughs> but Lionsgate. So if the if the head of Lionsgate is listening to this right now, what do you think they think? Do they, they love us? We're thorough and very, very personable. We're honest. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, X by A24 next week. Movie recommendations. I am going on the theme of this movie. Going with Armageddon. Which is my favorite disaster what a surprise. movie. <laughs> it's Michael Bay's di- version of a disaster movie. Michael Bay does it kind of di- a bit differently to Roland Emmerich, I think. He's got I more. Mean, he, it's a bit more cheeky. Like yeah. overall, it's like all cheeky. Like hemming it up. Yes. I get you. But this, you know, Armageddon is just something else. It's, there's a lot to it. You're going to say it's a beautiful piece of art, aren't you? Beautiful. <laughs> it's full of Bayhem. Oh my, there's another thing we can ignore that doesn't exist. (laughs) La, 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 la. And my second one is because I give, you know, this Charlie guy from this movie, Charlie Plummer, because I give him a hard time. (laughs) I'll give him this movie called Spontaneous, which I think he was really good in. And I think people overlook that movie. It's about spontaneous combustion. And if you want to talk about, we're talking about wacky and kind of bonkers and like, what the F? Seriously, what the heck is going on? It's really fun. In it a is, gross but way. it will challenge people yes. hardcore. It's not challenging in the same way as this one, but it's, you know. It's a comedy, actually, but it's also horrific at yeah. the same time. But it's poignant. I cried. Um, so mine are, I go back to, I'm going back to the nineties for 2022 movie for my recommendations for every single week. I'm in 1992 still. And what are we in? We're in April. I need to put on the gas. So I'm going to do five here for you. House Sitter. That's a Steve Martin movie. Batman Returns. I had to look this up. That's the second of the Michael Keaton Batman. Is that the one with Catwoman? Yes, it is. Death Becomes Her. Awesome. That's also got, uh, what's her face? The same as House Sitter. Um, you know, Goldie Hawn is in House Sitter and Death Becomes Her. Death Becomes Her is a classic. I don't know if the special effects would hold up, but oh my goodness, it's got Bruce Willis. Not that he's great or anything, but I mean, it's one of the very different roles he did at the time. Yes. A League of Their Own, which is about Baseball. World War II. It was women taking over like the league, you know, playing ball and Tom Hanks and Madonna and etc. And then Cool World with Bradley Pitt, where it's like part cartoon, part. It's like an adult Roger Rabbit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it was great, but I saw it. So I'm telling you that I saw it. It wasn't great, but it was really like different for his time. Well, there you go. For sure. 
All right, Ace Scully stuff. I've been playing uh, one game that I'll mention this week. It's called Chicken Police Paint It Red. Great. Now, this is a cool game, Sid Dog. You've not seen it yet, but it is cool. So it's based on, it's not based on anything in particular, but the vibe of the game is, you know, like uh, 40s and 30s noir detective. Mm-hmm. Rainy streets, the dame walks in, that kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, my least favorite of the genres, but yeah, right? I got you. It's that genre, exactly. But all of the characters are animals. The policeman's a rooster. The dame that walks in is a bunny rabbit. But, and I've not quite figured this out, and I've played like a few hours of it. The characters on the screen, they look like photographs. They look mm. so, it looks like a rabbit wearing a dress. Now, that seems cruel. Perhaps it isn't, perhaps it's CG, but they look so realistic, the animals. And it's a, it's almost like a telltale game. It's uh, you're having conversations with people and you're steering the conversation. You know, you can choose to say something bad to them or good and it has effects throughout the story. It's very, what would you call it? Where it's the, you know, trite. Is mm, that right? I don't know. It's like you're tropes. the rooster. Lots of tropes. It's your last month on the job. Okay, yep. It's time to get out of there. (laughs) Yeah. But one last case that you get pulled into. Also falling down. And what I really admire about it is it's got this really cool vibe to it. If you like the noir thing, it's very, you know, there's a voiceover, you know, like, the dame walked into my office, that kind of thing. That's pretty good, actually. (laughs) (laughs) You can hire me for voice acting if you want. But what I really admire about it is it's kind of adult. And... There's a couple of cops who hang around outside the police station. And as you're walking in, they're like, one's a hedgehog and one's a porcupine. But they're super racist oh my. towards roosters. You know, our main detective's a rooster. There's a lot of this like undercurrent of like, you know, different animals don't mix with other animals, which brings this race card into it from the back in the day, you know. So it's... Interesting, because, like, where did this idea come from? Let's have a noir, but, like, everybody be an animal. And let's have, you know, controversial topics in there. Because there is a murder that you're trying to solve as well. It's in five acts. I've done the first act so far. It's just an unusual-looking game. It looks like you're looking at photographs. It's so cool-looking. It's all black and white, mostly, with just spatters of colour every every now and then. But that's Chicken Police, paint it red. I'm playing it on the PlayStation 5. Sit talk, what's for dinner? Controversially, you want Burger King, and I don't want to deal with Burger King again today because I've already been through a drive-thru once, and it was fine. It was a different town. This one always irritates me. So, is to be determined. Sandwich of some kind. If I change my mood, it could turn out to be Burger King, but I don't know. All right, and what is your advice? And let's get out of it. My advice for the day is going to be, after spending some time with my family and spending time with friends, you know, I don't hang around with people very often because I'm not really a people person. I know, it's shocking. There, I don't know if there's just two kinds of people in this ca- these categories, but there are people who have a very difficult time letting go of relationships, of moments in time, of people. I mean, that's not easy. I'm just saying more struggle and things like material things that might represent a memory or a person or a thing or, and I'm not that at all. 
I mean, I, I love memories. I love the people I've loved who are now gone, who have died. The memory of them is still very much in me and it upsets me if I think about it or whatever, but I don't need an object to remind me or a photograph to remind me. I can let that go. I can let the moment go of any controversy or any conflict in life. I've had an ex-husband. I'm just like, well, that's, that's that. Like there's no, I have no regrets really in life. I'm kind of that person that's like, hey, it is what it is. I survived. Here I am. Let's keep moving forward, right? But I also am learning and I'm better now and letting go of the urge to try to convince other people to let it go. Like when I hear someone struggling or they repeat a thing over and over and over and over that's that's difficult. And it could be anything, anything at all, like a circumstance, a choice they've made that they don't like that I listen and I'm thinking, okay, you made the choice. Here's the consequence. You cannot change the past. You either confront the consequence or you make a new choice. Like, that's how I think. Like, what's the next thing? What's the next problem to solve? That thing is done. There's no what if, right? Unless you're faced with the exact same choice again, then you can do a different thing. I, that's possible in life, right? But not that one thing. And so my urge is to be like, come on, just like, you know, find a way and keep moving forward. Don't, you don't have to get over it. That's not what I'm saying. Just let that go because it's tormenting you, right? It's torturing the person. It is, it's like a brick wall in front of you with another brick wall and a brick wall and a brick wall and a, and a universe full of brick walls between you and moving on somewhat with your life. I used to be super compelled to just really kind of, you know, counsel that out of them or something. And I realized I'm letting that go because it's not my choice. I don't want to see you suffer, but I'm also not going to like encourage it. I'll just keep changing the subject or like, hey, yeah, how do we change that? Or how do we, but I don't need you to let it go anymore. I'll just be like, I feel bad for you. Next topic, please. I mean, does that sound super cold hearted? Yes. I thought so. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I'm not a people person, but there you go. So if you're a person who is easy, it's easy for you to kind of move on from things in life and you have people around you who don't, it can feel very like a struggle. You just want to like shake it out of them, right? You just want to be like slap, like watching um, Moonstruck, like smack, 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 snap out of it, you know, what Cher does to Nicolas Cage, if anyone's seen that. But nobody's seen that. I no longer feel the urge. I just am like, okay, I get it. You're struggling. It's difficult. I don't want you to struggle or have pain. Neither of us have a time machine to go back and hang on tighter or relive a thing or redo a thing. You just don't. That's, um, again, my heart is full of ice. <laughs> All right. Thank you for that. Sure, that's not advice. That's just a revelation of my own selfness. Aschoolie.com is a revelation of our own <laughs> selfness. Nice pivot. Twitter and Facebook and Instagram is where you can find us, aschoolie.com, anchor.fm, slash after the show, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, anywhere that podcasts are available. Email feedback to me, aschoolie.com. Don't email Sid Talk. She doesn't want your email. Hmm. And stay classy. Mr. John Bradley from this movie, True Hero, also in Game of Thrones, he was called Samwell Tarly. Samwell. Yeah, that was it, Sam. So stay classy, Samwell. And I'm going to say think for yourself or someone will do it for you. <laughs>